when uh, we're raising our children, um, we try and teach them to be kind even when people are mean to them. And it sounds very noble, but when you're an adult and you're in the midst of life, that's not always so easy to do, is it? Like when the driver cuts you off on the busy road and you sort of just want to cut them off too. Or the person is mean to you and in a store and we're not real courteous back. Peter talks about that. Because if you're visiting, we've been looking at 1 Peter this summer, and it's really a book written to Christians in a time when it was no longer popular to be a Christian. And people were not treating the Christians real nice, even though physical persecution hadn't broken out yet. And so Peter knew that as humans, one of our pulls is that we're going to respond to people like they respond to us. And he realized for the Christians, one of the dangers was that if the people around you in the world are going to start being mean to you, you got to remember, don't be mean back. Even though that may be sort of our human nature. And what Peter wanted the Christians to understand and what all of us have to understand is that we do have a choice in how we respond to people. And while we can't control how people treat us and all that they do to us, and certainly that impacts us, it it affects us. But it's not that we don't have a choice in how we respond. And so Peter issues a challenge. And and I think it's one we need to hear today because in many ways we're living in a culture that is increasingly thinking differently. That, That who I am and what I do is really determined by everybody else. And and in a sense, there almost comes with that a a loss of, I'm not responsible for how I respond. It's what everybody else is doing to me. Everybody from the government to my neighbor to the person who I work beside or my teacher or my boss. And if I'm having a bad day and I treat you bad back, it's your fault because of what you did to me. While that sounds good to not be responsible for how I respond to people, it's not how God works. And in many ways, it's not how life works. And so, Peter urges the Christians to make the right choice. And so, if you want to go over with me to 1 Peter 3, we're going to pick up as we continue to work through the book. And first, I want to read verses 8 through 11, because Peter sort of lays out the choice there. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil, or insult with insult, even though that may be what you want to do. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing." Catch that. We're going to come back to that. To this you were called so that you may inherit a a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Peter lays out quite a challenge for the Christians. He says, I know your your tendency is going to want to be to give evil for evil, insult for insult, but don't do it. 
And, and he sort of lays out how we should live in a whole list of things that he gives us there. Um, first of all, he says, be like-minded. Okay? Be, in a sense, think about we're all on the same page. Be agreeable. Get along. Work together. Uh, be a person who brings people together. Focus on what we agree on. Something that is not happening in our day and age. Uh, focus in every arena, whether it's politics or sports or whatever it is, the focus is on what we don't agree on. And Peter says we need more people who are like-minded, who are focusing on what we do agree on. The second thing he says we're to be is sympathetic. Look at the other person's situation. It's that old thing of walking in their shoes. It changes our perspective, doesn't it? One of the things that I enjoy in ministry is getting to know people. I, I'll call somebody and have coffee and it's terrifying for them I, I I get a little bit of a complex because it's either there's two reactions what did I do wrong I'm in trouble or what does the preacher want and to say no I just want to get to know your life and where you work and what's going on because we understand the more we understand each other and what's going on in your week? It changes our whole perspective, doesn't it? I, I went up to say hi to somebody this morning, and well, he said he's going to put it on the prayer request, so I'll say. I said, Bob Sadler, hi. How's Sue? Well, she's actually in the hospital. Well, it changes your whole perspective. Gosh, Bob, Sue's in the hospital. Bob said, yeah, I'll get it on the prayer chain. <laughs> it changes our perspective when we understand people. And we're much more sympathetic. And Peter says that's what we need to be doing. Even to that person who responds to you with insult or meanness. Try to understand. Be sympathetic towards them. The third thing Peter says is love one another. It's not all about me. It's caring about others. That's what moves us from being that self-centered child to that mature adult is when our eyes move off of ourselves and to where we care about others and as we are sympathetic and understand their situation, we want to help them, which is the next word Peter uses, is compassionate. We act out of that love. We act out of that sympathy. And we do help people. We put our love into action. And we try and help. And the last word that Peter uses, well, not the last, but the next word is humble. To be humble. I like to think of that as keeping our own faults in focus. Not to beat up on ourselves, but to realize that not all of my ideas are right. I've made mistakes too. I've had bad days too. I haven't always responded to people like I should have responded to them. That helps us be more understanding. It helps us be more kind and sympathetic to others. Realizing that, yeah, I do stupid things too. Yeah, I say things I also wish I hadn't said. And that person may have just said something to me that they may wish they hadn't said. Humility helps us be understanding of others. Building on those, then Peter says, don't repay evil for evil. Repay evil with a blessing. 
I think the concept that Peter's trying to get across to the Christians is don't let how other people treat you determine how you treat them back. Because you see, if we get sucked into that, then they are controlling our lives. They have the yardstick for our lives. And it may be a lousy yardstick. It may be a lousy plan of how to treat others. And Peter says, I know that'll be your human tendency. It's all of our human nature. But don't do it. Fight that tendency. And in fact, turn right around and do good back to them. Instead of insulting them back, give them a blessing back. And then he adds this interesting thing, to this you were called. To this way of living, you were called to this. And I think Peter is directly referring to Jesus. You were called to follow Jesus and that's how Jesus lived. He didn't give insult for insult. He didn't return harm for harm. He was the one who said, turn the other cheek, forgive. This is how Peter had seen Jesus live. He'd seen it modeled. And he was trying to live that and he realized it was that kind of way of living that all of us are called to when we follow Christ. And then he adds something that is a real challenge for us and that is that our choices, these choices we make, have consequences for us. Not just for the other person. At the end of verse 9 he says, Do all this so that you may inherit a blessing. How we treat others affects how we inherit a blessing. And then in verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. This is a concept we've sort of lost in Christianity today, isn't it? We're always a pendulum as humans. I'm old enough to remember a time when the preaching was very clear that if you did wrong, God was a vengeful judge and he was coming after you. And there was a great emphasis on you better do the right thing because the suffering you may experience if you don't do the right thing will be terrible. And there was a reaction to that, and the focus became God's grace and God's unconditional love. And those are clearly scriptural concepts. But we've gone so far in that focus on God's grace and love, I think sometimes we've missed this other concept, that our actions do have some impact on how God treats us. And that if we are choosing to do wrong, it does have an impact on how God responds to us. There is grace, clearly. There is God's love for all of us. Whatever we do, that is a clear concept of Scripture. But it is also true in Scripture that what we do does affect how God responds to us. God sees our choices. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I tried to think of picturing that and sort of God saying, if you're going to live that way, I'm not going to look. 
I, I, I'm just not looking. I've told you not to do that. Now, how do we bring that down today? And I, do you hear how quiet the room has gotten? It's a tough concept. I get that. But I don't think it's a foreign concept, and I don't think we should say God's off, he's crazy, or he's, he's not being fair. Aren't we this way? First of all, in our families. I love my kids, but how they behave does affect how I treat them. That doesn't diminish my love or change my love, but when they did wrong, I responded to them in different ways. And there was punishment or there were consequences. Didn't mean I stopped loving them. It just meant they had done certain things and there was an impact with that. It didn't diminish my love. If you have two neighbors who live beside you, forget our families. If you have two neighbors who live beside you, and you've got one neighbor who is just the greatest neighbors and they're kind and they're doing things for you and, and all of that. And the other neighbors are pretty just self-engrossed and you know they've said that they'll take stuff and they'll do a whole bunch of things that you're like, whoa. And you're going to be gone on vacation. Who do you give your security code for home? You didn't even have to think about that one, did you? How we treat people is affected by how they live. And God says, when you don't listen to me, why should I listen to you? When you're not following my call to live like Jesus, just because you wear the name Christian or say, well, I, I'm a church member, God says, wait a minute, I'm looking at your life. And, and, and I don't see this. And there is a warning for us in that. And you say, well, what about God's love? I, it's one we wrestle with. This whole thing of consequences and God's love and forgiveness. I wanted to look at John 14. This is Jesus' words. I'm going to read the whole verse, but these are the phrases I want you to pick out. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. This is the challenge Jesus gives us. There is a piece of loving Jesus and listening and obeying him. And those two are linked. Because if we really love him, we will listen to him. And if we're not listening to him, how can we say we love him? God does love us. But our actions are a proof of our love back to him. So Peter ends up coming back and challenging again that we do the right thing even if it hurts. Let's keep reading in 1 Peter 3. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? That's sort of a general principle of life. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you're still going to be blessed. Do not fear their threats, do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. 
For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Peter says there, first of all, now in general, obviously if you do the right thing, if you're a good person, in general you're not going to suffer for that. Life will work for you. But he recognizes in the time they're going into, when the Christians are starting to be hated, there will come a time that even if the Christians are doing good, they're still going to suffer. But he says, you need to understand that you need to do that because it's what Christ did. And that's his call. Sometimes choosing the right has a cost. Do the right anyway. Jesus did that and he was rewarded, wasn't he? He was faithful. He responded in the right way. He was kind when people were not kind to him. And it may cost us. But one of the things I think Peter is saying is if you're responding in good to people who are mean to you, even if they treat you ill, at some point you may get an opportunity where they say, why are you doing this? And you can give them a reason for the hope that is in you. This hope that causes you to respond with kindness when you are treated with disrespect. And why are you doing that? And it will give you an opportunity to explain, I'm doing this because I follow Jesus. And he has given me a hope and a bigger frame of reference for a life without end. And so I don't need to respond to you the way you respond to me. You have to remember, Peter is the one writing this and Peter is the one who lived with Jesus. And how many times had Peter seen Jesus live in this way? He'd seen the abuse, he'd seen the crowd screaming against Jesus, the Pharisees. He'd seen all of that and he'd seen how Jesus responded. And Peter realized Jesus was at his most powerful when he was doing his acts of kindness. And of course his ultimate act of kindness was when he died on the cross. And how did that work out for Jesus? Well, we celebrate that every Sunday. In his sacrifice, we are saved. On Easter, the grave was opened and death was defeated and even his death was not his final end. He walked forth triumphant and victorious. And Peter says, that's what you need to hold in front of your face when people are treating you wrong. The example of Jesus and the power of Jesus in his serving and being kind back. And how God rewarded him when he would do that. And Peter says, that same God makes you that same promise. If you will respond to people as Christ responded. With blessing when insulted. With kindness when cursed. God will be honored by that. He will be drawn to you to listen to you, to care for you because you are refusing to do evil. You are doing right. You are living like Jesus. And just as that ultimately brought victory to us and to Jesus, God said, I will bless you. That's why we've delayed communion today till the end of the service. 
that call that Peter gives us in how we respond to people, I wanted us to focus on Jesus' example. His ultimate act of dying for the very people who cursed him and condemned him and murdered him. And he said, no, Father, forgive them. I give my life for them, for us. So that's why we're coming to communion, that we could end with our focus on Jesus' example. For his call to us, what did he say? If you want to follow me, there's a cross for you too. Take up your cross and follow. Be like me. And so as we take communion today, I'd like it to be a twofold communion. We always, of course, remember Jesus' sacrifice. But I'd like us to also hear his challenge to come, take up your cross, and treat others like I've treated others. Let's pray. Father, this isn't easy, but it is important. It's important to you, and that makes it important to us. And we've said that we want to follow Jesus. And sometimes that's not always easy and nice. Sometimes it's difficult. But as we look at his example, as his sacrifice today, as we take this bread and this juice to remember his body and blood, may it also be a call to us to live like him. To be willing to forgive and to be kind and to sacrifice because it's his way. So it's going to be our way. I pray this in his name.